With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert, helping people to think, speak, and live positively through the many and varied challenges of life. We have an amazing guest today. His name is Azar Laher. Didn't maybe probably pronounce that perfectly. Uh, Azar is a proud father and husband. He's a social entrepreneur, a public speaker, sportsman, not teacher, mentor, and author. Confessions of a Dad came to fruition after Azar realized that he had a responsibility to explain the basics of money management to his kids so they wouldn't make the early financial mistakes he made in his own life. He is also uh, currently the professor, professor of human resources at Seneca College here in Toronto. Uh, Azar adores flavored coffee and tiramisu, local bookstores, and anywhere he can stick his toes in the sand. His big loves are his family, paying it forward, and following Toronto's sports teams, which can be sometimes a losing battle. His book, (laughs) Confessions, Confessions of a Dad, My Kids Don't Understand the Value of Money, is available on Amazon. Welcome to the show today. Lovely to be with you, Tom. And what a amazing topic for a father to take on and uh, have the courage to say, "Well, I made these mistakes in my early in my life, and I don't want you kids to make the same ones." That's kind of a cool thing. My father never spent any time explaining managing money to me. And I imagine many kids have had the same experience where their father really or parents didn't really explain it to them. Uh, and so let's start by talking about your journey that led you to to write this amazing book. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Tom. You know, when I started my journey about two years ago, um, when I wrote the book Confessions of a Dad, My Kids Don't Understand the Value of Money, the whole objective was to leave a legacy for my children so that they do not make the same mistakes about money that I made when I was younger. Um, The book itself has nothing to do with accumulating wealth, but everything to do with helping my kids understand money and to develop healthy habits surrounding money. I, I, you know, Tom, I love my kids too much to let them develop bad money habits that could haunt them for the rest of their lives. I like it. And I think... uh... Kids take on many, 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 many habits and beliefs 
of their parents. If their parents are exercisers, they're probably exercisers. If their parents are volunteers, they're probably volunteers. If their parents manage their money poorly, they probably end up managing their money poorly as well. And so uh, what a great legacy to leave uh, for your kids, but it's also going to turn out to be a legacy uh, for other people's kids as well, kind of a way for them to explain to their kids uh, how to manage their day-to-day money, which is like a, such an important topic in today's day and age. And so give us some ideas on how uh, parents can start teaching children money sense, because there must be a, a number of things that they can do to help them develop this awareness and the proper habits that they need uh, for the rest of their life? That's a great question, Tom. You know, understanding money comes with responsibility. And um, as soon as children become responsible of money, parents should lead by example, as you mentioned earlier on, and instill good money habits and values about money at a very young age. If parents continue to purchase everything for their children, the child will not learn and understand good habits about saving, spending, giving away in charity. You know, if you want your children to be savers, give them an allowance from which they can save. Say, for example, set the expectation for them to save 10%, which must go into the piggy bank. I do that with my kids from a very young age. It's now just absolutely normal for them to take their allowance and 10% goes to charity. Mm. When, you begin to, when you begin to help children understand the difference between saving and planned spending, they will realize that they need to plan for those necessary purchases that they feel that they need, you know, the iPods and the iPhones, mm-hmm. and the iTunes <laughs> music and so forth, which is a necessity for them. And, um, you know, the, the goal is always to help them understand that planning and budgeting will help them achieve their goals and that instant gratification is not the solution to long-term success. Like any right. skills that you want to perfect, the earlier you start, the better. Right. And uh, as you said, like putting off uh, uh, till tomorrow and uh, uh, forget what that habit is called, but it, it's not t- it, it's not natural to kids in this generation. Apparently, they have like now a nine-second attention span. If, they're, <laughs> if their internet doesn't go up right away, they... Yeah. they is it as long uh, as nine seconds, Tom? Eva, <laughs> yeah, that may, that may even be advanced, and so they're not always able to put off the things that they feel they need uh, today. And so, how do you teach that lesson? Uh, because society is bombarding them with, "Hey, this song's only a dollar ninety-nine. You know, this shirt or clothes is only this. Uh, buy it now, buy it now." How do you not only tell them about it, but teach them how to model this uh, habit of holding off until the right time to make a purchase? You know, instant gratification, as you mentioned today, is something that has become part and parcel of our norm. You know, you know, as a generalization, you know, most parents were not formally taught about money in school or university. So for some reason, the topic of money has become a taboo subject. You know, parents are very comfortable speaking to their children about, you know, the birds and the bees and what they need to do and how's your day. But as soon as it comes to the touchy subject of money, it becomes Mm. taboo for them. So what happens is that kids begin to learn about money through osmosis. They never really understand the basics of budgeting or savings or mortgages, etc. And I'll share a quick story with you, Tom. You know, my, my son, when he was seven years old, 
uh, we went into a store and he, uh, you know, he said, just use the card, just use the, just use the credit card. So I said, hmm. do you know that, that the credit card is money that does not belong to you? And he said, and he looked at me puzzled and said, you know, what do you mean? So throughout our lives, we've been to a store, we take out our plastic, we pay with it, and the kids think that's the normal transaction that needs to happen. You pay with plastic. The kids do not see the bills coming in, they do not see your payments, all they see is you've taken out this credit card and you pay for it. So as soon as as parents become comfortable speaking about day-to-day issues around money, I think the topic topic of speaking about money around the table, table, dinner table, should become a normal topic. It shouldn't be a taboo topic. Right, right. It's an everyday topic. Uh, yeah. It affects every part of their lives, their parents' lives, and so should not be a, a taboo to- topic. Even Jesus in the Bible, 70% of what he talked about was about managing money. And right. So, you know, if he's willing to talk about it, we can talk about it as well. Absolutely. And so, yeah. great idea, yeah. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, when you take out plastic to pay for something and your kid's watching you with a plastic card, they never see the money changing hands, so they don't know, no. You know no. how much this affects you, your spending, and uh, what this credit card thing is. And So a great idea to uh, you know, not use it in front of them and let them know about paying cash and, and those type of things. So very cool. That's some good ideas. Now, what yeah. are... As you mentioned, you mentioned some of the challenges. There's some great challenges that parents create for themselves when they're teaching their children about money. And like so many things about being a parent, it's not like a class on how parents should teach their kids about money, how parents should teach their kids about sex, how parents should teach their kids about anything. So what are some of the problems that they create just because they're not aware of it when they're teaching these children about money? You know, I I think... um for, for parents, they need to understand, so I think it's never too late to help your children develop good habits about money. Um, it, it always starts starting by good example for your kids. I would say changing any habits, um, you know, scientifically has proven it takes 21 days to change a habit. So if parents start today and they begin to reinforce charity and saving and budgeting and, you know, speaking about instant gratification and budget, they will become part of the kids' norms. So making kids financially literate is a good start. Start the money conversation today with your children. You know, there's no need to speak about a topic. It's a general topic around money. Uh, maybe, maybe the price of a home or the price of a motor vehicle. Mm-hmm. And use money as a vehicle to teach values like generosity, modesty, and patience. When you speak about money as opposed to money, dollars, and cents, bring it something different that relates to them. When you, when you see a situation or ask them to give charity, Ask them to be modest in the way that they display their, their wares, their cars, um, the way they project themselves. And also to be patient and to wait for things in, instead of wanting things today. You know, I'm a strong believer that you've, you've got to organically teach your children about finances. You know, so you, you, you know, along with some structured teaching, provide impromptu financial lessons so when the opportunity arises, there's always teachable moments. You know, when you're going to a grocery store, you, you know, we just don't select the item, but to say, oh, I see this item is $3.49 today. That's interesting. You know, last week it was um, $2.99. Hmm, that's gone up. So have those conversations about day-to-day. When, you, when you're filling up gas, Tom, you know, look at the price. Oh, gas price today is $1.20. I remember, you can say, you know, I remember 
15 years ago, you can probably remember, Tom, it was 77 mm-hmm. you, you know, earlier. Yes. And, right. and then they begin to, and then they begin to understand, oh, okay, things go up, things go down. In order for things to go up, you need to be able to earn money. And they begin to fathom for themselves how they can do that. And I'm a strong believer, real life examples. Use the media. Anecdotes from people they can relate to, interesting quotes. I'm a strong believer in quotes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, don't bombard them with a new lesson every time you talk to them. You don't want it to be a formalized, oh, my God, lesson number one, money. It's got to be teaching them without them realizing that they're being taught. Mm. And I love the idea about quotes and lessons from people they admire because mm-hmm. you know how kids are. Sometimes their parents be like, oh, that's just dad talking again. I'm going to be thinking yeah. about hockey while he's talking, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But if it's a rock star or an actor or someone they really admire, a sports uh, athlete, and they have a quote or they have a story about how they manage money and how their parents manage money, now they're going to perk up. Like, ooh, wow, okay, yeah, listen to that one. And so yeah. great idea. Use other people's quotes, use other people's stories, people that would be of interest to your children. Very, very powerful. Yeah. And then I was yeah. thinking about the grocery thing as well. Uh, even something I've thought of doing, and everybody has one on their cell phone, a calculator. You know, you could say, well, look at this one's 299 for 150 grams, but this one is $3.25 for 175 grams. So which one is actually cheaper per gram? Right. And, you know, this is kind of another way to get their calculator out, poke around. Oh, wow. Well, actually, this one is actually a better price per gram. And so just those type of little exercises will keep them aware of pricing and help them compare prices and help them, you know, just be aware of this as a habit. So good idea in the grocery store. It's like a simple everyday lesson, but you still have to take the time out to teach them the lesson while you're there in the grocery store. Right, right. Uh, you're right. That, that's a great example as well for kids to be able to um, for, for kids to be able to do that. You know, I'll share another quick example with you, Tom. What I, you know, my, my kids are older, you know, 16 and 23, and I, I send them shopping and say, you know, we're preparing dinner tonight. These are the ingredients that we need. Please go out and purchase. And when they come back, we then go through the items that they've purchased, and we go through it and get them to understand what it costs to prepare a simple meal. So, you know, they understand that a meal could cost maybe a family of four, preparing could be maybe $40. They will then realize when they go out with their friends for dinner or they, uh, you know, having a good time in a restaurant, they will realize the value of eating at home as well as opposed to eating outside. So that, that penny will drop. You know, we spend four, four people eating for $40. I'm going out, I'm spending $40 on myself with burgers and fries and milkshakes and so forth. Mm. They, they will then realize, oh, maybe I should eat at home and also begin to understand the value of money. Nice, nice, nice. I like that. I like that. Another good story. So uh, we talked about it a little bit, but explain why it's so very important for parents to themselves be financial role models for their children. Not just teach it to them, but model it, be a role model. Um, it's important in so many things parents do, but uh, explain some reasons why it's so important, especially around the financial area of life. Sure. You know, Tom, you've heard it, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you ever said to your children, I've said many times, you know, I've actually got away with it. 
maybe when they were really young, but it definitely doesn't fly with older kids. And it doesn't, it certainly doesn't work when it comes to money. Um, you know, another, another expression that comes to mind is actions speak louder than words. So right. I, think, I think as a parent, it is critically important to be a very good role model for your children. Your kids are watching and learning from you every single interaction you have with them. They notice how you treat and respect people around you. They observe how you manage your work and family life. They also know your good and bad habits when it comes to managing money. So live, my, my advice is live what you teach. Exemplify the financial principles you want to instill in your children. When children see what you do, this is what you say, they have those aha moments that they remember for a lifetime. So find opportunities to demonstrate financial lessons in every day that you can. But the important thing is to set a very good example for them. Because believe it or not, as they look at their cell phones, they are observing your every habit as well. Right, right. And this is something uh, you know most parents realize that their kids are watching what they do as much as or more than what they say. And, you know, it'd be like a overweight parent telling their kids to exercise or not eat uh, chocolate. Yeah. And they got a big chocolate bar in their hand, you know. Okay. And I'm being told this, but you're munching on a ginormous chocolate bar while you're telling me. So, yeah, what credibility does that give you? And it's probably a good thing for parents to have to model this because it might be something they have to do to readjust their own habits around money to be able to model it effectively for their kids. Right, right. And so amazing. Now, uh, how effectively can a parent turn around a child's money, quote, problem or start them understanding the value of money? Uh, some steps to do that because that would be important for a parent to be able to turn it around from bad thinking, bad thoughts, bad teaching, bad learning, to really understanding the value of money? I think the key is the parents taking the initiative to be able to turn around their kids' money problems. So, you know, when we speak about money problems that kids have, it's usually around allowances. You know, I have X amount of allowance, and I've spent more than I, you know, than I'm supposed to. So, um, you know, as I said earlier on, it, it's never too late. Parents need to set the example, um, you know, um, through formal education, uh, if they can. There are many literacy, financial literacy um, uh, places out there where kids can learn the basics of money. Those I found are quite boring. So I would strongly recommend is, is to, get, to speak about day-to-day -day things that are important. Speak about your budget. Um, you know, the, 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 the one question that parents fear the most is, dad or mom, how much do you earn? Or dad or mom, are we rich? compared to so-and-so. And there in itself is a lesson about comparing ourselves to the Joneses. So when those questions arise, you know, parents need to be politically correct. I don't, I don't feel it's appropriate at a very young age to be able to tell kids what you earn or how much you earn because that's something that I don't think they can appreciate what that means. So you need to be able to adjust the questions that parents until your kids asking you by speaking about the values related to what they are asking. So about comparisons, about infant gratification, about saving, about charity, about making a difference to society and contributing to community, and then somehow weave the lesson of money in there. Um, you know, um, 
And the payoff around teaching kids money does not come immediately. It's, you know, with my son who is now 16, I started at the age of seven speaking to him about money. And one chapter in the book that I speak about is less financial lessons I've learned from my own children. And I have learned many. And the one lesson that I've learned from both my children is the fact that both of them, as I said, my son, when he was 15, I got him a credit card, Tom. And parents say, how dare you? How could you? That's irresponsible. <laughs> I went to the bank and I said, how soon can my son get a credit card? And they said, as soon as you like, as long as you act as a guarantor. I said, no problem. Right. Please give him a credit card for $500. I will act as a guarantor. And what they did for my son at the age of 15 was to be able to, first of all, monitor his spending and understand that if he does not pay his bills on time, that item that cost $20 would now cost $25 with interest in it. So I'm very happy and proud to say that both my kids have never, for the past, my daughter got a card when she was 18, she's now for five years, she hasn't paid one single cent of interest because she becomes absolutely afraid and she becomes desperate and she fears for paying more. So as soon as she pays something, she wants to pay it off immediately, which is a great habit. I tell her, you know, the good thing about a credit card is you have time to spend it. Your bank gives you maybe 15 or 20, 23 days to spend it. But no, right. she buys something, she comes home, she pays it off, which is a wonderful habit to teach them. And this is something I've done organically over years. And they are so afraid. I, I don't think they're afraid of me. I think they're afraid of spending their own money and buying things uh, more because of the interest. Uh, so use those examples. And, I, and you know, $500 limit on a credit card is not really going uh, to uh, you know, make a big difference. However, the right. lessons you teach through that credit card could be invaluable. Right. And it is somewhat necessary to have a credit card in this day and age for buying stuff online, reserving things online, going to the States, you need to pay for things. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't accept debit cards. So it is necessary almost to have one. Yeah. But, you know, if you can learn about the value of that interest before you get one even more uh, valuable because that's where it really hurts and that's something a great lesson because they can see it on a statement staring in their face like you spent a hundred bucks because you didn't pay us in time now you got to give us 120 yep. bucks right and so a, re- a real good example for them right in front of their face and so great lesson to to teach them and still uh, you know necessary that they do have a credit card so i like it that they're actually like almost afraid of having debt or not paying it <laughs> yeah all. not a not of you, just because of the inbred training that you've done with them. Right. That's, that's the way it should be, because so many people are not afraid of that. And they're like, oh, I'll pay it off two months from now. I'll pay my minimum payment next month. And uh, yeah. that, can, that thinking gets you in bad trouble. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, uh, one of my mistakes that I make when doing interviews, dummy me, I often get to like this point in the interview, 25 minutes in, without mentioning the website. And uh, uh, your website is really well done. I like the parallax oh. design, a uh, nice color in it. Uh, very, very well done. So tell people your website, uh, maybe some ideas on... Uh, I, I always tell people that it's often nicer to buy the book right from the author's website than from Amazon because they often might autograph it or, you know, do something yeah. special for you that Amazon won't. And, of course, as authors, uh, the authors know they make more money if you sell it yourself than if you sell it from yeah. Amazon because they take a ton of dough from you. 
Yes, yes. Um, you know, the, the website itself is a is a place where I not only have information about the book, I have a blog on there. I have some free tools. You know, we spoke earlier on about quotations. I've collected like close to a thousand quotes, which I've put as, as part of my tools, which I'm giving away free to people. People uh, can download a free chapter of my book. And all they need to do is to go to confessionsofadad.ca. Confessionsofadad.ca has all the information you need. And, um, you know, uh, there's also a trailer which um, will give you a sense of what the book is. So it's confessionsofadad.ca forward slash trailer. And that Mm two-minute trailer, which is also available on YouTube, will give the reader a sense of what I'm trying to, the values that I'm trying to instill in my kids through Mm -hmm. the trailer and what I have in the book. So I really urge people, if they have two minutes to spare, two minutes and 16 seconds, please take the time to, um, please take the time to view the trailer um, and and go online and, you know, order the book and, uh, and anybody who's in Toronto, I'd be love, I would love to be able to sign the book for them. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, do the, so uh, confessions of a dad. People that can also follow me on Instagram. I have an Instagram page in, uh, called Confessions of a Dad. And all I do is I post a single quote every single day related to the values and values around money. Nice, nice. And I saw the video very. It's a great video, and as you said, what, two minutes and 16 seconds? Like, everybody yeah. can find two minutes and 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> so it's worth it. It's a valuable topic. It's a crucial topic. Um, when you talk to parents, or a lot of times when parents have kids, they say, I want my kids to have and experience everything I didn't have and experience. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. teaching them the value of money better than you learned it is probably going to help them have more and do more than you had when you were a kid. And so take the two minutes if you're going to the website. Watch the video. Uh, buy the book, confessionsofadad.ca, again, is uh, the website. And um, you mentioned, as I said, you said resources. I see those resources as well. And uh, if you live in the Toronto area, even better, you can uh, sign it for them, and which should be is always nice to get a signed copy of the book. And so I like the blog as well. You're available on Twitter, all those places. Yeah. But remember, people, confessionsofadad.ca. And uh, I like your blog as well. The last one you wrote was the marshmallow test. And, uh, <laughs> I like marshmallows, so I had to read about the marshmallow test. So that's a good one. Uh, so, yeah, it's available on Amazon as well, of course, and so people can go to Amazon.com, but uh, better if you can, and especially if you live in Canada, go to confessionsofadad.ca and yeah. uh, buy it from the website. Uh, maybe people who don't know aren't authors or aren't aware of this, but like Amazon takes like about 40% of a, of the price of a book, and so a lot of times they make way more money than the author does on the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't I do suggest for our Canadian um, Canadian audience that you know Amazon.ca also has the book, so you will right. be saving uh, you'll be saving um, money on on that as well. Oh, okay. Amazon.ca, excellent. I would imagine that uh, uh, as you know, when you have kids and you teach it to your oldest one, eventually, as they get older, they probably help in the teaching of their siblings the habits that you taught them, and sometimes siblings are more open to learn or be taught by their brothers or sisters than their mother or father all the time. 
Yes, that's correct. That's correct. And, you know, the lessons that my older daughter will teach my, my son, and in fact, my youngest son teaching my daughter about various things, and they kind of check each other. You know, have you given your charity? Have you made sure that you, you have saved enough? You know, are you monitoring your, your account on a regular basis? See, nobody has, uh, you know, um, got into your account. Do you understand that when your credit card deadlines are due? So they keep each other in check as well. Wow. And uh, teaching them to give 10%, like, boy, I hear so many people, uh, church people, other people, I can't afford to give 10%. Yes. Well, if you start it when you're 15 or just a young kid, it becomes so much of a habit that it's easy almost for you to give 10%. Um, and so nice to teach them that, uh, the giving the 10%, because that will carry on in their life where so many people will be like, I can't afford it. Or, you know, mm-hmm. when, I tell them, when I tell them I do, they're like, what, do you give that much? It's like, yeah, but, you know, if you budget your money and manage it right, it's, it's not going to kill you. Yeah, you know, when what goes yeah. If you have interest well, well, on your credit card, that's going to kill you. Exactly. You know, what goes around comes around, and I think we need to take care of people, less, less fortunate people in our city, take care of people. And, and there's a, you know, one of the ways I've enticed my kids, when my son was younger, we have a, we have a, a, a bottle that we put our money in there, and uh, he, he puts his uh, 10% savings or sometimes even more. And once a year, what we do, we go out to the local bank and have those fancy money counters. And he takes all his coins and he puts them through those counters mm-hmm. and the machine counts it for him and, you know, chucks out a, a, a receipt that says, you know, cash this amount. So the, it, we, we try and make the experience fun. He takes that money, he has a check, and then he sits down and identifies which charities he wants to give his money to, to give the money to. Sometimes it's a fundraiser at school. And, you know, as parents, we get those all the time, you know, jump rope for heart or, uh, yeah. you know, breast cancer, whatever it is. And every charity that he selects and my daughter selects something they feel strongly about. Uh, I will guide them along the way. Uh, I will ask them the reasons for doing so, so that it becomes an intention that they're giving something that is a cause. So whenever you see a breast, a breast cancer ribbon, they will say, you know, I may, be, I may have made a difference. I may have given $20 or $50 towards that cause. Maybe I've made a difference. Yes, yes, yes. And a lot of what I talk about in my talks is that you know, four out of ten people in the world live on less than two dollars a day. Oh. It is a it is a global blessing to live in Canada, the U.S., or a developed country. You and I are no nicer than any of those people living on two dollars a day. How do we get blessed to live in Canada or North America or any developed country versus them who? No matter how motivated, how hard they work, they're not going to get very far past $2 a day. And part of the blessing of living in Canada and North America is you can, and part of your goal should be to earn as much money as you can so that you can give away as much as you can to help people who are no nicer than you are, or who you're no nicer than, who are living on $2 a day, or as you said, Charities for uh, uh, people that are sick, cancer, arthritis, very various charities. And so, yeah, in North America, as a blessing, our duty should be earn as much as we can so we have the ability to give as much as we can to help other people. And by teaching them that 10%, it not only teaches them a money value and habit, it also teaches them 
you know, look out into the world. There's people who don't live like we do in our house here and our family mm-hmm. here. And so as much as the money and the giving, it's the awareness of, oh, oh yeah, hey, Dad, that, that could be a good charity for me. I'm going to give next month's 20 bucks to that one. And so it can be a nice discussion among parents. Why do you think that's a good charity? And you know, and then they can go and look at it and say, well, look, actually they're very efficient. They give like 87% of every dollar goes to the charity. And so it can end up being a really nice discussion and a really nice research project for father and mother and their kids to look at, oh, yeah, okay, I've heard of that charity, Johnny. Let's, let's look that up and see, you know, are they efficient? Are they good? Are they recognized? And so it's it's way more than just a money lesson. It's a, a lesson on being grateful and thankful for what you have and being willing to let loose of it to bless other people with it. I couldn't agree more, Tom. You know, one of the chapters in my in my book is titled, Do You Know How Fortunate You Are? And I speak about mm. these exact topics about, you know, think about your position in the world. Think about children your your age. Think about children who have to go into a factory every single day and work 10 or 12 hours for, mm. you know, 50 cents a day. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and children, you know, I think children, we think our kids are not listening to us, but right. eventually sometimes the penny does drop and they do have that realization. You'll see it in their actions. You'll see it in their relationships. You'll see it in their discussions. And with the way they speak to their friends because they want to impress their friends about, you know, what they've learned. So the fact that they speak to their own friends about it, like my, my kids do, tell me that what I'm saying to them does not go on deaf ears. So they are listening. Right. It, doesn't, it doesn't seem like it, Tom, but they are. <laughs> right. So many parents wonder that. It's like, my teenager, I'm pretty sure he doesn't hear a word I say. But don't doubt it. In the back of their head, they are logging everything mom and dad says. Hmm, they said that. Do they actually do that or believe that? And so, yeah, it is something that kids are mightily aware of, for sure, what their parents do and what they say. So very good. And so many lessons that are coming to your kids, just teaching them this value of money that are go way beyond the value of money. And so mm-hmm. very cool. Now your wife got involved in this project as well. The two of you do it together. My, my, my wife um, acted as a partner and supported the project tremendously. Um, she reviewed the manuscript many times, provided ideas and suggestions. And, um, uh, you know, in the book itself, there are 35 confessions. And um, I confess to things that my kids have done and that I've done. And my wife has kind of always helped me um, remembering some of those lessons and confessions. She said, oh, that's a great lesson. Why don't you put that in your book? Oh, this is a great lesson. Put this in your book. Mm-hmm. So she's been a great support and a great um, uh, resource for me in, in developing the content for the book. Right. And that's a nice thing about having a, a spouse helping you or being your mastermind partner is uh, especially in this case, yeah, they remember, oh, remember that time we went here? And, and you're like, oh, geez, I totally forgot about that, but that is a great lesson. And so right. it's kind of cool when you work together to build the lessons and the stories and the confessions. And uh, uh, not everybody has the courage to make confessions about the mistakes or challenges, uh, practices or beliefs they had. And so... Uh, confession is there's a good saying confession is good for the soul and so uh, 
I'm sure it's also good for kids to hear. Um, so, so often parents rarely ever confess to be doing anything wrong or do, thinking anything wrong. And so it is also nice to, when parents can confess to their kids, yeah, when I was a kid, I really screwed this area up. Mm-hmm. I've, since, I've since learned better and I, I want to tell you what I did so that you don't do the same thing. And uh, I think that would generate... Uh, a really close bond between uh, parents and their kids when they know, okay, they did screw up when they were young on a few things, and uh, this is why they're so hard on us about it in this mm-hmm. day and age, because they just don't want us to make the same mistake. Yes, yes. You're right, you're right. I think uh, you, I think we, we as parents always want to give our kids the impression that we are perfect, we know everything, and they think we know everything. But as soon as you become, you open yourself up and you tell them that, you know, you are also fallible and you are, we have made mistakes. And the only reason that we want to teach you is that you can avoid those mistakes. And, um, and you know, if, if it comes with that kind of intention, I think, you know, kids will probably listen and, 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 and value what you're saying. Right, exactly, exactly. It it helps them listen more than when you're always like an expert on something. It's yeah. like how can how can dad be an expert on so many topics? Did he never screw <laughs> up before? And so it really uh, gets you down to their level when you can admit mistakes and just let them know that you know I love you so much that I just will break my heart if you make these same mistakes. And uh, so that's why I'm being a little tough on you with these lessons. And so great thing to do. So let's remind people again, confessionsofadad.ca. And the book is available on Amazon.com and Amazon.ca. But hey, if you live in Canada, please buy it from the website, confessionsofadad.ca. Uh, nicer for the author, nicer for you. Keep the money in Canada. And so confessionsofadad.ca. Thank you so much uh, for the time today. This is such a valuable topic. You know, I interview a lot of famous, successful business people, authors in this, but this is a topic that has generational effects. If you Uh teach your kids these at a young age, while they still can understand it before they leave the home, you are affecting the lives of their future spouses, their future kids, your grandchildren, and generations from on onwards from that. And so one of the most probably valuable things a, a teacher, a parent can teach their kids is the value of money, how to use it right, spend it right, and all the little things that you're teaching them. So a very important interview, exciting for me and important for parents to learn this and teach it to their kids. And I imagine it's never too late to teach them, uh, even if your kids are teenagers by now and at that period where they really don't listen to exactly everything you say, still don't despair and still try and get those lessons into them before they leave home where, you know, while you can still make an impact on their thinking and their habits. Mm-hmm. Tom, it, it's been my absolute pleasure to speak about a topic that's so close to my heart, um, something um, that I think most parents can benefit from. And, you know, Tom, I also want to acknowledge the wonderful job that you do on Journey to Success Radio. Um, you have opened up a forum for, 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 for authors like myself to be able to get their voice out there. Um, you are passionate about what you do, and uh, you provide a wonderful service um, to, to the community and to, to, to people around the world. Um, if I may, Tom, you know, there's, there's one quote that I, I love speaking about, and I want to end 
our discussion today with one of my favorite quotes, which is, happiness is the, la- is the highest level of financial success. And, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I try and live by that, and my kids know that I try and understand that my book is not about making money, but it's more around the values of money. And if you can be happy what you're doing, you have made it. Right, right. You have made it. You have made it. And so very, very uh, interesting, valuable information. Thank you so much for your time and have yourself an amazing day. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Bye-bye to your listeners. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email tom at tomtutall.com for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 